Hey there, I'm Joanne Tambrakis, and this is Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis. Unfiltered conversations, or as I like to say, opinions shaken, not stirred, on what's changing and what's not in business and in life as we enter into the next normal. So pour yourself your beverage of choice, and let's get to it. As we near the 40th episode, that's right, 40 episodes of this podcast, I just have to breathe on that. I thought that it would be really a lot of fun to invite back my very first guest who was on episode number two, none other than Vince Rocco. Welcome to Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis, Vince. Well, great to see you, Joanne, as usual, and thank you for having me. You are most welcome. If you missed that episode, Vince is a senior real estate advisor and licensed real estate broker. I hope I have all those titles right. Formerly of Halstead, which is now Brown Harris Stevens since we last spoke, since the merger happened right here in New York City. He is also the host of the very popular and highly rated Good Morning New York Real Estate Radio Show, which was on a little bit of of a hiatus, but will be coming back shortly. And he also teaches real estate for the New York Real Estate Institute. That's a lot. That's a lot. And as I say to friends who understand me, do you think I look like this on purpose? <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 I'm going to skip the, um, the history since you've been on the show before of how you got to where you are. And sure. if people want to know that part, I will be sure to link that episode in the show notes. But what I'd like to do first is just take a step back to the last time we talked on this podcast. And that episode aired on September 2nd. 2020, which means that we recorded it in August, which is 11 months ago, almost going on 12 months. Hard to believe. And at that time, there was no vaccine. There was a different president. We were just starting to dip a toe into a masked face, masked face back into the world. And all the media was saying New York was dead, dead, dead. Everyone was leaving. No one was ever going to work in an office again. It was over. Real estate sales were booming elsewhere, but not in this town. You know, and I listened to that conversation the other day. And the one thing that really stuck out is that we both had faith in this city. That is, I like to say, is the definition of reinvention. It's what New York's all about. And now we are here almost a full year later. So tell me, Vince, did everyone leave? Well, um, first of all, 11 months ago, uh, you have done a great job with the podcast. I listen very often. So kudos to you for getting it done, but getting it done well. Thank Um, you. We we chatted back, you know, in September or August when we when we recorded about, you know, should I stay or should I go? Exactly. That was the whole premise, you know, as we came out of pandemic, as we came out of as we came out of quarantine, I should say, but remained in pandemic. You know, here we are in uh, July of 2021. I don't think many people have left. I think it was a big misnomer. I think certain people did go. uh, But I think those are people who had planned to go anyway, uh, based on children, based on children in school. Uh, This is all pre-pandemic. So I think the pandemic just kind of pushed them to their leaving goal a little sooner. Uh, Certainly all the press that surrounded that last summer and last fall 
was very exaggerated. Now, with that said, the market was completely dead. It was very quiet, but it didn't mean it was dead and quiet because everybody left. It was just not the time for people to feel comfortable or confident in uh, wanting to transact real estate. It wasn't a priority as it normally is in this town uh, because it's, 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 it's the hot topic no matter where you go in the world or when you live here, it's all about real estate as well. So it just wasn't that time to do it. As we come into July of 21, uh, we've seen an uptick, I'd say probably since January, February of this year, slow, but a nice, slow build. Actually, it reminds me of how we came out of the 2008 and 2009 financial meltdown. We were dead, 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 dead for months and months. But all of a sudden, it just slowly started the progression upwards. And that led to multiple years of a frenzied market, of a hot over-asking price market, uh, bidding wars. I mean, on and on and on. That lasted for years until the last administration came into play, which we will not discuss. Uh, And then it started slowing down a little bit because of a whole bunch of federal tax problems and whatever else. But I see nothing but uh, uh, good things going forward and a nice start to progression going up. So um, CNBC reported in early July that the median resale price for Manhattan apartments had hit $999,000 in the second quarter is just unbelievable that that's the uh, the medium, and that it was the highest on record, and that was based on a report from one of your competitors, Douglas Elliman and and Miller Samuel, and that the average sales price rose rose 12% in the quarter, topping $1.9 million. So it's been called one of the hottest springs on record. So is this true, Vince, or is this just a marketing and PR embellishment of the data, not that we ever embellish anything in marketing and public relations. Oh, never. Uh, There's a lot of it that's true, but a lot of it that's um, embellished. And when I say embellished, let me clarify. A lot of that is, you know, the numbers in New York City are skewed incorrectly sometimes because of all of these very high-end, very top-of-the-line, $100 million apartments, $80 million apartments, $25, $50 million townhouses, So that all gets put into the numbers, and that all gets baked into the median prices, the average prices, the high-end prices, et cetera. So it's true the median price is about that at the moment. Uh, That's actually up just a little bit, not very much. But those numbers, you know, I tell people, I caution people all the time, don't take those numbers too seriously, just like... Don't worry so much about price per square foot when you're looking out to buy an apartment because those numbers are fluid and that changes based on market conditions. It changes based on a lot of things. So I always say those are good, I guess, you know, areas to look at if you're looking to do Mm -hmm. do some research and data, but they're not necessarily 1000% accurate. In fact, they're not even 100% accurate. Um, so the people that are buying, is this the same people? Are these people moving in? Are these people upgrade, up, upgrading, so to speak? I mean, I've, I've read a lot that the people who are who have been living here are looking for more space if they can afford it because of the pandemic. What's all that about? What well, do you I think? think a lot of people, like we talked about a little while ago, you know, everybody says, oh, everybody's leaving. And then all of a sudden, oh, everybody is coming back. Well, no, there has been a, a percentage of people coming back. For example, uh, I think the Wall Street Journal had uh, several months ago how 
all of the financiers and Wall Streeters who uh, moved to Florida, we relocated to Florida because they were able to work from home, really kind of got there and discovered, well, this is not Nirvana and this is not anything like New York City. So I'm going back. I'm getting my tail and I'm going back. Very small percentage of that. But of course, the media blows that up to be something larger than it actually is. The buyers that are out there today are buyers who that have always been around. They just, like I said earlier, stopped buying because the confidence in, in transacting real estate was just not there. We were in the throes of a major international health pandemic, epidemic. We did not have a vaccine. People were dying, almost 700,000 Americans dying. Mm-hmm. You know, we came back from quarantine in real estate uh, at the beginning of July last year, so over a year ago already. Okay, we're back, phase two, you're able to go to work, you can show apartments, you can list apartments, you can do blah, blah, whatever. Well, guess what? No one came out. No one wanted to see anything. We're all sitting there thinking, okay, so what does this mean? I thought we were able to come back to work. And all the, you know, the, the, the people out there saying, oh, yeah, the market's hot, the market's strong, the market's going to, you know, just become an avalanche of buyers in the next 30 to 60 days. Well, that did not happen because the pandemic was still there. The vaccine mm-hmm. was not there. I sat in my home for the next six months, really doing very, very, very little. I'm back in New York City, out of quarantine, but I had, I think, 16 real estate listings at the time, which was one of my high points. And if I showed once a week, one of those listings, that was a lot. That was a lot. So what happens now? Now, so you're showing in person again? We, uh, we are able to show in person again, actually from last July. But what has now happened the last three or four months is all the COVID restrictions have been relaxed. Mm-hmm. Prior to anyone showing up at an apartment visitation, they had to fill out a COVID questionnaire and a health form uh, stating that they were recently tested. They did not have the disease. Uh, their recent temperature check was normal, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That's brokers and clients. Mm-hmm. So that and plus the protocols of wiping down, you know, sellers' apartments. You know, a lot of sellers said, listen, I." the other problem last year was a lot of sellers said, okay, great, we're back. However, I don't want anybody in my home. Right. So, yeah, I want to sell, but yet I don't want anybody to come to my house. <laughs> Try that one on. <laughs> Open house Sundays were by appointment only which doesn't really work in most uh, neighborhoods. Some it does, most it does not. So that's all been relaxed. So I'd say the last two to three months we're back to normal, whatever normal means in 2021, but we don't have the COVID restrictions and protocols. Yes, we've been showing in person for a year, but more importantly, I'd say probably from March, when a good majority of people started getting their second vaccinations Mm -hmm. or their vaccinations in general, Confidence rose, and so attendance at open house rose. Attendance at private showings rose. Uh, brokers felt more confident. I feel I felt more comfortable taking buyers to see other agents' listings because I was vaccinated. And I said, even though I still, you know, wanted to wear a mask, and some buildings still required a mask, uh, I felt like I was, I had more confidence to do my job and to help others buy real estate or sell real estate because of my vaccine. And I think 99% of everybody else who was vaccinated felt the same way. So here we are in July, with the market slow a little bit again because it's summertime, 
but way better than where we were a year ago or even six months ago. And do you see that staying like that? Because I, you know, I've been reading a lot today as we're recording, and we'll probably have this air pretty quick quickly after this recording. That because of this COVID variant, mm-hmm. that a lot of places are starting to reinstate that. Now they haven't said anything in mm-hmm. this area, but they certainly have been saying it in LA and certainly in the states where it's really a real big issue. Well, LA has instituted the mask mandate again. Uh, you know. Not that, you know, I want to see it happen here in New York City, but I wouldn't be surprised if we come back to a limited use of masks again in public or at least indoors. I think the outdoor uh, not wearing a mask will probably stick, but indoors, I think we're going to get back to that. Maybe, maybe not. Sadly, the the, uh, Delta variant is spreading like wildfire. And as I was coming back into the city this morning, you know, checking in on the news, uh, I was getting increasingly more concerned. Mm-hmm. with how fast it's spreading. New York City, New York State, I have to say, uh, our local governments, uh, whether you like them or not, did a fantastic job getting us through the pandemic and through the quarantine and then keeping us as safe as they could right along to today. So I think it's we're greater than 75% now in New York City that's vaccinated. Yeah. So the, the 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 variant won't spread here as fast necessarily. It's really spreading faster in areas where there are people not vaccinated. And of course, even if you're vaccinated, you can get you can still get it. You can get a a, a piece of it, and not get so sick, but you can still get it. No, I was guess I was just wondering because there's it's such a different market in New York, especially within the city with condos and and co-ops creating their own restrictions on what can happen, that you could run into a situation where a particular building has said, anyone who comes in has to wear a mask. Well, the building I live in on the Upper West Side, they have never relaxed the mask mandate. Uh, There are uh, signs in the elevator and signs in the lobby. Residents, and as I am one, and any visitors, food deliveries, whatever, wine deliveries, they all have to show up at your door with a mask on. So if you're having company come over, they need to wear their masks. Now, once they get into your apartment, that's fine. But there are several buildings that I work in regularly, more regularly than not, that still have the mask mandate. And I think it's because they don't necessarily know right now what to do. Mm-hmm. And of course, with the variant, it's becoming even more of a concern. My sister uh, is head of HR at a hospital up in Westchester. And we were talking this morning on the way to the train. And she's like, listen, <clears throat> we have people in the hospital who are vaccinated who have, I think she said, nine cases of uh, COVID. Now, they're not seriously ill. Some of them are asymptomatic, but they test it because they still have a testing situation in a healthcare facility. Uh, even though she's vaccinated, she still has to get tested every so often. And she said nine people tested positive in the last week for the variant. So, you know, we, we, we still have to be cautious in real estate. We still have to be careful in real estate. Uh, I don't, like I said earlier, I don't think it's going to get out of hand. I think we have done a, a great job here in New York City uh, with keeping, you know, New Yorkers are a lot of things, but all of I all I've said for the past year is how much I fell in love with New York once again, because we listen, we pay attention, and we do what we're asked to do. <laughs> so true, so true. So are there neighborhoods that you're seeing more demand in right now? The Upper West Side is hot. <clears throat> Downtown, below 14th Street was always hot, remains hot. 
Uh, portions of the east side, believe it or not, have come back slowly through the years, but they're showing some signs of really nice uh, rebirth. Brooklyn is completely and totally on fire. In fact, <laughs> the, every Brooklyn neighbor, every Brooklyn neighborhood, I can't even tell you one neighborhood, every Brooklyn neighborhood is on fire. And, you know, it started way before COVID and it continued throughout the pandemic. Their numbers dipped like everybody else's, but not near what ours did here in Manhattan. Queens, you know, certain portions of Queens, Long Island City, for example, on fire. So people would joke in the industry saying, oh, yeah, well, those wanting to leave Manhattan ran to Brooklyn. Well, really? What were they going to find in Brooklyn? Right? It's still the big old city. Uh, in fact, most of the New York City cases were found in Brooklyn, you know, a year and a half ago. So who knows? But Brooklyn's been a hot marketplace forever. And what about the rental market here? I, I, I heard that bounced up and it's like crazy city. Well, it's interesting you say that. So, <clears throat> and thank you for reminding me when you asked the question before about who's coming back, the renters are coming back, not necessarily the salespeople. So the rental market deflated a year and a half ago. All the first time renters, all the, the, the kids, and I hate to use the word kids, but all the kids out of college, with their first first apartments with their roommates. They all fled, went back home because they were frightened and because they were, some of them lost work and some of them went to work from home. So they gave up all their apartments. I don't do a lot of rentals, but this is what I've been hearing, you know, the, the grapevine. So the rental market tanked. Prices came way down. Concessions went way up. I'd say the last three or four months also, the influx of now everybody who went back home to mama uh, and saved a whole year's worth of money are now coming back to either rent or buy. Because again, as I said earlier, the confidence level here is amazing uh, with regard to real estate <clears throat> and help. So the rental market now is up. Uh, prices have gone up. Concessions have come down. Uh, and people, landlords are, you know, they've got a lot to make up for. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're still trying to figure out a way to make up for all that lost revenue. And believe me, you know, buildings were, even some of the larger buildings, you know, the, the larger name landlords, they were hurting and hurting big time. You know, 45% vacancy rate, 35% vacancy rate, that's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Um, and, and what about uh, commercial real estate? I mean, I never really bought into this whole, oh, it's going to be 100% work from home from this point on. I, I have envisioned a hybrid environment, but I continue to be shocked by the number of people that tell me that they're going to be back five days a week by September. And I can see it. I can just see it all around me. You know, I have been working on my own from home for long before the pandemic, but I can see it in the outfits that I see in the elevators. And um, some guy behind me at Starbucks yesterday said he's back two days a week and then they're going to four days a week. And then by September, they'll be at five days a week. So yeah. so I guess that will affect the commercial real estate market. But I still I still see I still see where I, I where companies are going to not need as much office space. What do you what, well, what, how, what do you think? Well, the, the 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 funny thing is the commercial real estate market is really twofold. <clears throat> you have the mom and pop stores, you have the retail storefronts, and then you have the office buildings. So taking the office buildings first, uh, what you said is correct. Most companies made a statement recently, actually a few months ago, 
that they were trying to and they wanted to have as many of their employees back into their offices as soon as possible. But also, what a lot of them have learned through the pandemic is that this work from home thing could work if better managed. So not everybody is being asked to come back. If you could work from home, that's great. But at the end of the day, you know, they're going to cut down on expenses if they cut down on office size. So trust me, if they can do that, they're going to do that. They're going to look into every angle to save money for their corporations. And quite frankly, I don't blame them. Uh, From a mental health perspective, I think working in an office is much better. But yet there are people, one of my brothers, for example, has been working from home for about 20 years. That's just his job. And he's a very, very high level executive in his company. So he has a very big job, makes very big money, but he works from his home, his home office. I mean, his home office is nicer than my office in my office. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so there will be a little bit of both. A lot of those company office buildings will be sizing back a little bit, trying to get smaller real estate. Some of them will keep what they have, depends on the industry. Now, the mom and pop and the retail outfits, sadly, a lot of people... Closed restaurants and closed, you know, uh, small pharmacies and closed bars and grills. A lot of the little small little children's stores and dresses. I mean, I drive up and down Broadway here sometimes on on, uh, on the Upper West Side, and I'm saddened to see, mm-hmm. you know, all of the uh, empty stores. I mean, for the longest time, plywood, now the plywood is down and there are for sale signs or for lease signs or whatever. I don't know how quickly that's going to be able to come back. I think it will, as restaurants have obviously come back mm-hmm. into the fold. But, you know, funny thing with uh, with retail landlords is they don't necessarily understand or read the tea leaves properly. Uh, and they want what they want. And so if they want a high rent and no one's willing to pay for it, it's going to stay empty. So it's going to be really uh, interesting to see how uh, long a lot of those storefronts remain empty. And I have to tell you something, in all neighborhoods... But in mine in particular, there is a lot, there are a lot of empty storefronts. It's really sad. No, that part is really sad. I mean, I know that there are certain of these larger buildings that are managed by real estate companies that will make just as much money, if not more, by letting it sit vacant, which I personally think there should be some legislation to fix. But I guess my other question that I wanted to go to here was, so what happens to all of this office space? If, it, if it's not filled with offices, do you, well, see, you know, would that get converted to apartments? Does it make New York more affordable for? Well, look what happened to know. the financial district way before pandemic and way before COVID-19. Mm-hmm. The financial district, most of the buildings that I worked in my corporate life, when you and I first met many moons ago, the, a lot of those buildings that I used to rumble through either my office or my company's offices or my clients, they're all now residents. And they have been for years in the financial district, Right. Mm-hmm. So there will be a percentage of that transition in Midtown. Uh, I say percentage because I don't think it's going to be tremendous. Um, I think we'll go through a phase of, like I said before, some companies will do hoteling and have half the staff in, half the staff out. Some will have all of them back. But I think in a, in a, in a, in a two-year period, and it really is going to depend on how quickly we can cycle out of this COVID situation. You know, I said from day one, uh, when I was back in quarantine to a friend of mine on the phone, it might have even been you. Look, you know, we, this, this is a two-year cycle. Uh, and I really firmly believe we're not mm-hmm. going to get out of it, you know, really, really completely 
another, for another six, seven months. I mean, I just oh. think that that's what it's going to be. Maybe even longer. There, yeah, there are no. It, and I think a lot of that depends on. And even if it doesn't happen in this part of the country, if there's another big surge with this Delta variant, that that can affect so much and can prolong things. Well, yeah, and I think, <clears throat> and I think that's going to you know kind of be the the change agent here. Mm-hmm. Either it's going to help companies or corporations better decide what they want to do with their spaces or kind of put them on hold again because they don't really know where we're going with this variant. And now I'm hearing something about an, a, a third variant that's been popping up, and I don't even know the name of it anymore because, quite frankly, I don't want to know the name of it. Uh, <laughs> but I just heard that the other day, and I thought, come on now, come on now. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like I don't want to, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to that. I'm not. Uh, I'm looking forward to some some semblance of normalcy, whatever that means. Um, so, so what about you? So it's been 18 months since we last had this conversation. What's, what's changed for you? Well, you know, it's interesting. And, and, and again, when you, when we all went through the lockdown and the quarantine, and I have to tell you something, you know, I kind of left my apartment and I was thinking about this just the other day. I kind of left my apartment with a bag and a, a technology, what I call my technology bag with all my stuff, you know, uh, laptop, phone, computer, plugs, everything. And I, was, I thought I was going to be gone for two weeks. I said, you know, I, either shutting down the city, I don't even know what this means. I mean, I've never, I've lived long enough, believe me, <laughs> but not long enough to see anything like that. So I said, all right, they're, they're shutting down the city. I don't even know what that means, but we can't go to work. So I'm going to go, you know, see my mother or whatever. I didn't know how long it was going to be. And I have to tell you something, through that four-month period of not being home in my own home and being, you know, in Westchester and being, you know, in quarantine, it, 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 and, and I know all of us went through the same thing, it, it gave us reason to think about everything in our life. And so when we finally came back and then I sat here for another six months, really not that busy again, it was now almost a year that I was actively working. So when I started getting busy again, end of last fall around Christmas time, I remember joking to a friend, a very dear friend of mine, who uh, who's actually one of my panel members on my radio show. I said, you know, and also my bestie. I said, you know, I'm exhausted. I go out and do two showings, and I'm running around this town like we always do, but I'm freaking exhausted. I have to come home and take a nap. <laughs> And I'd say, well, why is that? And it's well because I did nothing for a year, right? I know, or oh, almost good. a year. So I had to get back into that groove. So where am I? Eighteen months later, you know, um, cautiously optimistic, uh, cautious about uh, uh, COVID, uh, fully vaccinated. Thank God for many months, but um, hopeful. You know, just kind of thinking that. Look, you know, there's only. So far down, I don't know that we've reached the bottom yet. I think we're close to it. But then we're going to shoot up because I think that's just our nature as New Yorkers, but also as Americans. Um, and I really feel very, very confident that well, my, my company just put out numbers recently. Ron Harris-Stevens has had the, the, the most unbelievable first six months of this year. Yes, we're a combined company now, so it's revenues from two companies into one. But we're breaking all kinds of records. So that says to me that there is business out there, that business is going to be sustained. People will will want to continue uh, that transaction of real estate because, look, in this town, 
you know, no matter where you go, the topic is real estate. God knows why, but it is. It's yeah, it's 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 a conversation people want to have no matter whether they live here or not, because it's there's no such thing as a bad real estate investment in New York. No. <clears throat> so or I six. think confident I think confident, more hopeful and more, you know, looking to what the future is going to to hold for all of us out there. I'm really curious to see what happens with the commercial stuff. I'm really curious to see what happens with the um, the storefronts and the mom and pops. And I'm really curious to see how, you know, prices, you know, here's the other thing too. Before pandemic, for a whole host of political reasons, prices were kind of coming down, coming down, coming down mm-hmm. here in the city. So of course, COVID just flattened everything out and, you know, nothing was happening. When we came back, Sellers, of course, thought, oh, now here's my golden opportunity to get my zillion dollars over, you know, my asking price. Wrong. So we haven't shot up yet, but we're we're slowly getting there. There are bidding wars out there. Uh, there are still people, many people. I got an offer this morning uh, under asking price, but not serious, but under asking price. So, you know, there's negotiation back. Well, it's an all cash deal. So the seller's like, oh, but it's all cash. I'm like, yeah, exactly. You don't know. You don't, right. I just think that there's health, healthiness uh, being shown in the marketplace in weird ways, and pricing will follow somewhere down the road. Uh, and I have seen many down markets in this town going back 19 years. So I can tell you that we are on the verge of major price increases, major bidding wars, major over-asking, blah, blah. Oh, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen soon. There you go. That's very, very, very positive. I love that. Um, goody, goody, goody. And your real estate show has been on hiatus, but you're going to be bringing that back shortly? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I started my research uh, this week, yesterday and today, and I've got a lot of a lot of stuff accomplished. <clears throat> we are coming back. I've missed the show uh, for the past year. We went off right in the, the height of uh, quarantine last year in June. Uh, the interest in... Um, Real estate in New York City was kind of like on hold, like everything else. Sponsors were pulling out. They didn't feel the need to sponsor a real estate show, regardless of how popular it was. But I also have to tell you something, Joanne. You know, as I was going through from, I'd say, April on March, it was still a novelty. We kept talking about what is this COVID-19? Well, you know, but by from April to June, I was kind of like, all right, so there's really nothing to talk about. We're, <laughs> we're really not transacting any business here. You know, it's the same old story, same old story. Everybody was trying to remain positive on my panel and positive, you know, uh, as we were talking, we went from a studio uh, situation, production situation to a Zoom like everybody else. But we were trying to stay positive. And I just finally said, you know, I can't do this. I just I I mean, I, I, I can't be positive, but yet I don't want to be negative. So I pulled the plug and I said, uh, we'll come back when all of this is settled. And as I indicated earlier, with the market in general, it it didn't happen to come back so quickly like everybody predicted it would. Uh, So it's taken time. But now that we're coming back, I feel we have um, great stories. We certainly can spend weeks to talk about our our experiences. Uh, But the market is building and the Mm -hmm. clients are back out there. So I think, you know, we should be able to very comfortably come back to a a situation where for an hour we have a great real estate conversation. I mean, that's really what people listen for, you know, yes, our expertise absolutely. in the field. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So before we go, I have a new thing that I've been doing at the end of my podcast that I was not doing way back on episode number two. Um, so it's a little lightning round of questions. Are you ready? Oh, I guess I am. Okay. So your favorite social network. Um, I'm going to say Facebook. Okay, there you go. Not mine, but thank you. That's yours. So I, I, I'm reading a book about Facebook that is just confirming oh, all my worst I, 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 I have my issues. I have my issues, but I, I think it's easier to maneuver through than the others. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. About um, something people would never guess about you. I love to cook. If they don't follow me on social media, they don't really know that. Okay. The last series that you binged. Oh, my God. The Undoing. The undoing. Okay. The most used app on your phone? Oh, no. I take that back. The last series I binged was Halston. Okay. There you go. Um, the most used app on your phone? Instagram. Okay. A food you cannot live without? Pasta. Pasta. What you miss most about pre-COVID life? Oh, the freedom of not having to worry about seeing my friends, uh, wherever that may be mm -hmm. and giving you know, but uh, you know, more, more than that, or better said, just giving my friends a hug and a kiss when I see them, because I'm, I'm Italian and I just love to hug my friends, um, because they mean something to me. So I, you know, I miss that. And even though we're back, it's not so easy, you know, I know it's still, it's still, you're still a little like, what do I do now? It's still a little long. It's like, I'm not I sure. Know. Um, what you think you might miss about lockdown life? <laughs> Overeating. <laughs> and not caring. <laughs> and not caring. You know, of course, none of us want to overeat and put on weight or whatever else. But I got to a point where I said, who gives a crap? You know, so what? Who cares? What's my hashtag? So what? Who cares? So, so what? Who cares? So what? Who cares? Um, and what advice would you have for any of our listeners who are thinking about buying or selling real estate right now? And, and, you know, we've said this so many times before, but this really, 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 really is the time to buy because the prices are going to go up. Listen to that. The prices are going to go up. Interest rates uh, are so historically low. I mean, you know, we get interest rate uh, sheets on a regular basis from our mortgage brokers. And I mean, 2.9%, 3%. I mean, my God, I remember getting a 7% 30-year fixed mortgage, and I was in heaven because my first mortgage, X amount of years ago, my first property that I bought was 12%. Right, I remember. And I thought I robbed the bank because, you know, my dad was saying, well, they were only 17% not so long ago, so you got yourself a deal. There you go. So interest rates are down, prices are still affordable, and there's still negotiation doable. So if you really are a serious buyer, uh, and you want to buy something for the future, you would be making a big mistake if you don't do it today. Okay. Well, I think that's wonderful advice. And people can find you. Where is the best place to follow you or find <clears throat> you? They can find me on uh, my Brown Harris website, www.bhsusa.com or on any social media platform that you can come up with, except TikTok. I'm too old for TikTok, so you ain't going to find me on TikTok. <laughs> I can't even spell it properly. I always spell it wrong. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, just I'll make type sure. in my name and you'll find all of my food, all of my this, all of my whatever is, all of my real estate stuff. It's it's kind of an interesting world. Okay. Thank you so much, Vince. My first repeat guest. Joanne, it's always a pleasure to see you. Thank you so very much. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note. Info at joannetombrakis.com. And until next time, remember... Whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there.